Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm here with Alan. Hello. This week we're diving into the topic of motivation, an essential element of getting through your ACCA journey. We'll be looking at things you can do to develop develop your own motivation and the mindset of well-known figures in achieving their success. We also look at recent news stories, including how Netflix is faring in the streaming wars and the fascinating story of spoof trading that has hit the news again before getting to this week's student question. So, Alan, motivation is always very topical for our students and so yes. we bring up. But I thought we wanted, you know, particularly the, the timing of this, getting to kind of crunch time with the study, it is quite topical. Um, you know, and it, it's something that I think it's, it's worth students reflecting on themselves. I suppose as a starting point, because it was something I was thinking about myself, and I'll put to you because, you know, I like landing questions yes. on you early. Um, so what are your thoughts? There's, there's, you know, different ways of looking at motivation. Do you see it as this kind of intrinsic, inherent part of someone, or is it a skill you can learn? I, I think both. I think everybody has the capability of being motivated because I, I've never met a person who isn't motivated by something. And and some people are motivated by passing their exams. Some people are motivated by for working really hard, whatever whatever it might be. There's a motivation. And then they go, oh, I'm motivated for one thing, but I'm not motivated to pass my yeah. exams. And I think that's a, like to be really motivated for something, you really, you really need to want to do something and understand why you want to do it. Yeah. So yeah. if you're kind of saying, you know, I'll give these ACCA exams a shot see how I get on, they could be good. That I think that's the wrong mindset and you certainly wouldn't be motivated to push yourself to the limits. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's exactly um, where I would say it. I, I agree entirely. I think there is, you know, it is this intrinsic thing that it's part of the human condition nearly yeah. since the beginning of man. You'd say the, the reason that humans have <laughs> risen to the top is they're just constantly trying to improve circumstances or make their life easier. And that kind of brings that in. And I think, you know, doing ACCA in its, itself shows a bit of that intrinsic motivation. Someone's trying to improve their their circumstances or they're trying to, you know, better themselves. Um, again, as you said, that might not necessarily be for everyone. Not everyone wants to do accounting, but people find their intrinsic motivation leads them to, you know, a certain direction in their life. But I do think the other side as well, that it is something you can train and it's something yep. you can improve. Um, and I think how that works is you're, you're building on some degree of that intrinsic motivation that you have built into your character and you're, you're harnessing it yeah. in the right way. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you can actually focus on this idea, it can really help you with your exams, because if you can increase that motivation or build that in, you can start to change your behavior. You'll develop new competencies. You can set goals because you know you've the motivation to achieve them. And then invariably you can kind of grow your talents. So I think it's it's a combination of the, the two. Yeah, I think it's really like, um, but motivation does come from within. Yeah. And, and, motivation you can learn to motivate yourself in ways to do that but again it has to come from a really that you want to do something that there's a real kind of interest and and kind of inner an inner feeling that i want to be an accountant nearly which 
somebody like me had from a very young age. Some people might say sadly, <laughs> but still, it, it's kind of it was always something I knew I could do. It was always something I knew I liked. I was always motivated that that was the track I was going down. I when you were do when I was working and doing my exams. I was motivated by the fact that I wanted to get through my exams, but I was also a big part of my motivation is that every, well, at the time it was twice a year, the results would come out in June and December. Yeah. And, but everybody would know you've done an exam. So you're nearly motivated by not being, yeah, hope, yeah, try yeah. not I to be the person feeling, who, has, <laughs> who has failed the exam. So like, and that's the thing, you can have many parts, you can be motivated by many different things that together are at it. Yeah. So like, part of my motivation was I didn't want to be that person who had to tell somebody I failed an exam. I That was a big part of my motivation, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, an email was sent to the whole company where I worked. Yeah, so was, here's here's all the people who yeah. have passed. And, and you're you wanted it. to be on one side of that. Yeah, and so like that was a big one, not wanting to fail myself, wanting to get through the exams, wanting to build up my career as soon as possible, wanting to get paid more money, and that was only going to happen if I was qualified. So all of those collection of different things um, went together in order to, to like to sort of say you're motivated. It's very rare that you're motivated by just one thing. Yeah, there might absolutely. be a formula where there's a one matter slightly, more, and I think in both our cases, probably the public shaming <laughs> yeah. had more of an I don't impact. Know what that says, man. Yeah. yeah, but it it is that case that it's maybe there's there's different parts that matter more, but it's not one magic bean. It's not one. You don't take a tablet for motivation, and here's the reason I'm motivated. Yeah. It is a collection of things. So for anyone who listens to the podcast, they'll know there's no way we're going to do a motivation podcast without a number of sports metaphors and references and quotes. But I, I pull out a few sports quotes, which I think are kind of universally applicable to motivation, but we'll, I suppose, try frame the exam conversation around these. Mm -hmm. um, but here's a few. So I'll start. The first one I have is, and I'll see if you can guess any of the, the people, uh, I failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Did I write that? No, <laughs> I, I don't have a clue. That is Michael Jordan. Okay. Um, yeah, I think he has a, a kind of long quote talking about how, you know, the amount of game winning shots he's missed, the amount of times he's lost the first team, all these things. And the reason he's so, so successful is you build on those failures and it helps yeah. you. And I think it's pretty easy to interpret that in an exam well, situation. Well, failure becomes a motivation. Yeah. And like failure is a, can be, it's not just, passing an exam or failing an exam you could come out of an exam finding you passed it and in your head you kind of feel I could have done better yeah I could have done more so like the the motivation comes from that thing of wanting to better yourself all the time wanting to, to improve yourself and that constant drive that like when is enough enough and, and it doesn't always have to be it doesn't have to consume your life but you can always be motivated to be better and I think in an exam situation that even if you do well in an exam, what could you have done better? Because that's yeah. going to benefit and make the next exam easier. Okay, so the next one is, there may be people that have more talent than you, but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you. That was, I would be very surprised if you got yeah. that. That was Derek Jeter. He's a um, baseball player in the States. But it, I think a lot of people have similar quotes. I know there's one that... Um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard all of these mm -hmm. ideas but you talk to any top sports person you know that fundamental to your success no matter how good you are you hear people talk about Ronaldo and everyone they're the hardest working people in yeah. the team and I think that idea you know even if you're 
you might might struggle with the content or there's areas you find tough or you feel like I don't naturally understand some of these topics like other people seem to you know you can overcome a lot through hard work and if you've if, if that's one thing paramount to your whole ACCA journey is you're working hard that's half the battle at yeah. least I think it's 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 a really important like you there are people who will you could go into a tax exam and my biggest the exam I hated more than any other one. Um, but you go into a tax exam, for example, uh, and there are m- people much more confident than you in tax, much more familiar with it, possibly working in the industry when you're not. Um, but it's not, it, it's that motivation to kind of do your best at it. It's not about comparing you to somebody else. Yeah. It's about doing, it's, so somebody could be, it's a weird way of putting it, but somebody could be 10 times more talented than you. But you have as equally, if they don't have the drive and the motivation and they take their talent for granted, um, there's a lot more Michael Jordans who are possibly more talented than him Mm. who never made it because they didn't have the commitment, they didn't have the motivation, they didn't have, but they had the talent and they assumed that would take them all the way. And it's not always the case. And Philip, our CEO, has talked on podcasts before about he would nearly know too much in exams and want to share all his knowledge, but he clearly didn't with his struggles he clearly didn't answer the question and so he probably had I would say more more knowledge about certain topics mm. than me but it, it was that motivation to to merge everything together so I have two more I like this one this is a, a harsh one for anyone studying but I don't count my sit-ups I only start counting when it starts to hurt because they're the ones that count yeah that um, is Muhammad Ali but it's um that's my favorite a, one so far yeah for a lot of I this yeah this one hit home because there's a lot of people who we talk about this you know students sometimes having a bit of denial they don't really want to look at the the areas they struggle they like to say oh I did a few hours but is it beneficial and you know to get better to improve you have to be doing that bit of the study that hurts and the things that are natural and not just doing when the you questions want to give up. you like doing but you're yeah. you're going above and beyond that to get better yeah. so I really like that one um, the last one there is no way you'd guess this one because I didn't know it but this is a, a crazy story so this is from um, Dean Carnazes. I hope I'm saying that right but the quote is run when you can walk if you have to crawl if you must just never give up and this guy is an ultra marathon runner um, so some of his achievements uh, you'll be interested to hear as a runner yeah. yourself he ran 560 kilometers in 80 hours without sleep he ran 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days and he ran a marathon in the South Pole so in minus 25 degrees and I suppose because I'm fascinated by these endurance mm. athletes and, and when you look at what they're doing and how, you know, how difficult just running a marathon is, how they can change that. But it's it's kind of breaking that boundary of what you can achieve and what they all talk about and what this quote would allude to is it's all small steps, don't give up, just yeah. focusing on the the next thing, staying in the moment and doing that. So I think that idea is is kind of, again, paramount to to your own motivation even if you feel ACCA is this kind of this unsurmountable mountain that you you have you've all these exams ahead don't look at it like that just focus that you're working hard now you're taking small things what can you do in this moment and if you keep going at that you know you'll you'll slowly start to get there once you're moving forward 
Yeah. At any pace, you're making progress. And yeah. you have to take that. And some days are, but like in everything, some days are just harder in your job. You don't know why you come into work some days, you feel really tired and everything's an effort. And other days, the day flies by and it's really enjoyable. It just is. But it's a case of if you stop, it's very hard to stop and start again. Yeah. At least if you're crawling, you're still moving yeah. and you can get faster than that. But the stopping is the the stopping is the tough part because that's when it's really difficult to get going again. So I think once you're crawling, once you're moving yeah. forward, no matter how slow you feel your pace is, you are making progress and you should be motivated by the fact that you didn't stop. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips and much more. So, Connor, let's start with our news stories. And um, my one today, I'm going to talk about a case I've kind of been following, and I don't know how high profile it is, on the Hounslow Trader. And this is somebody who actually caused a flash crash in a US stock exchange all by himself, basically under the understanding that he was playing a computer game. Um, so he is a self-taught trader, and he made um, millions, and we're up to like $70 million dollars. <laughs> um, when in 2010, his trading caused a crash in the US stock exchange. And um, I think at one point, uh, initially, they were talking about him getting 200 years prison sentence uh, because it was related to America. He spent four months in the UK prison and then then sent to America. But what's more interesting is, is actually what's come out, what the judgment has said and what's actually happened over the time that I guess those details weren't always there. And like the first thing that that came out was actually the that he was suffering from autism or not suffering, but he he had autism, and there was that they talked about how he completely cooperated with everybody uh, and the amount of, of work that he did. And what I found really interesting was that six months before he was caught, he was he informed the authorities that people were cheating on yeah. the exchanges and they didn't do anything about it, which I suppose is, is quite funny. Um, and what he did was he he placed thousands of orders very regularly using a program he built um, in order to, on the futures exchange. And then when it comes to actually purchasing them, he'd pull out nearly at the last minute. The demand would go up, so the prices would continue to go up and he'd be able to offer people those those deals on a slightly cheaper yeah. basis. So it's what's called um, spoof trading, and which is a whole new thing, which uh, it seems to be that they brought in laws about it after after him. Um, but it was the case that he felt that he was playing a highly sophisticated video game and he has returned, I think, about six or seven million dollars. But people are going, well, he earned 70 million. What happened that? And to be honest, he got defrauded so he invested yeah. that money into crazy investment schemes and property schemes and, and and lost it all so he is definitely not somebody who was walking away with millions and he ended up being sentenced to um one year kind of at home with with conditions which is very unusual in such a case in the states because it was actually recommended by the prosecutor so it's a very interesting um case about how one person can manipulate a market yeah. now in he didn't really intend to do what he did um but it's a, just a, an overall it's a very very interesting case yeah I've, i found this fascinating and it was only when you mentioned it to me i hadn't heard anything and then um 
I'd seen that even the name, the, the Hound of Hounslow was a yeah. reference to the Wolf of Wall Street. That yes. was but it's actually very interesting for anyone who'd seen that or followed that story. Really what he was doing, I think, was manipulating the, the kind of process of flash trading that those guys were doing. They had these algorithms that, you know, interpreted the numbers in a certain way or tried to drive things up. And he made a variation of that, which took advantage of all those traders, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought this was incredibly interesting, but it's amazing to, I suppose, to see how the effect that one person and looking at something in a different way can have yeah. on these markets and, and, you know, how much he was able to accumulate without that even being the the kind of end goal. And maybe that's the, the necessary way you need to be looking at it, that there's not the, the stakes of money or in it for the wealth. But um, I, I thought it was really interesting and in how he's gone on to to certainly help them with with kind of, you know, sorting out some of the issues that that these markets have and how these traders are, are doing it. Mm. And and not meaning to do it. No. And no. I think his lawyers described him as childlike, a childlike trusting person who lived off public benefits and spent much of his time in his childhood bedroom surrounded by computer games and stuffed yeah. animals. And which, I'm, I'm sure his, you know, I'm but sure he's an his absolute family, mathematical genius. <laughs> yeah, had no idea that at one stage he'd 70 million. So it's, yeah, yeah the whole story I don't story think is he did either, no, to no. be honest. Um, but yeah, no, really a fascinating story. So moving on to my story, which is, again, something very topical that's only going to get more topical, but it's how Netflix are faring currently in the streaming wars. Um, so... Netflix, I think, have just finished their third quarter. And at the end of 2019, they hit 167 million subscribers, which is kind of an unfathomable number when it's you like think about it. like our podcast numbers. The, yeah, yeah <laughs> just shy of it. Um, but what's funny is that, um, you know, they, they've actually missed their new subscription target for the third quarter running. So in terms of their their performance of what they'd planned and, and budgets, they're falling behind. And they've actually addressed these issues to their shareholders with letters alongside um, recent figures. But, you know, they've obviously cited the recent competition from the likes of Disney, Apple, mm. Amazon Prime. Um, and I think said in one of the letters that this industry, which they were the kind of first mover into, is at a very early stage and there's there's ample room for many of these services to grow. So I think they're starting to to feel the effects of these, what, what's been termed the streaming wars, which I also like the name of. But um, yeah, in, in the other thing they had was, I think during the summer, it was the first time that they actually overall lost customers in the US um, as a whole. So, and alongside that, their share price plummeted. Um, so it is an interesting time. You look at a, a company like that who seem to be so far ahead and so big, but there's suddenly a huge amount of competition coming. And yeah, I, I think, you know, they're feeling the the people the hot in their heels. <laughs> and and rightly so. And, and and then as a user, you kind of go, well, where does this all end? Do you have to pay for Disney and Netflix and Amazon Prime yeah. and all of these streaming services? And there is a huge demand. And I think you might find people jumping from one provider to another. Oh, there's a great new series here. So yeah, I'll yeah. jump to this or I'll, I'll watch everything I can on Netflix for a month and then or I'll watch everything I can. Or there's mergers or consuming, but yeah. it's all huge companies behind them. It's not like Amazon, yeah. you know, It's not, needs for, it's an not extra four backing. startups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon it's, and Netflix don't Amazon, kind of Apple, need each other. Yeah. Disney, you know, it's... So it, I, I wonder where it's going to end and 
it's kind of I know over the last few years Netflix prices have been slightly going they go yeah. up kind of every year um, Apple unusually are cheaper than Netflix um, and it, it'll be interesting to see because it, it, you would think it's heading for a price war yeah well what, what's actually the, the other thing that's interesting is um, you know what Netflix have said is that even though this is intensifying their focus is and their vision is what it always has been. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but focusing on quality content. Mm. Um, and I think what they'd noticed is they got caught in a trap of just trying to build this wealth of content, but the quality suffered and they cited that as one of the reasons in the summer they had a poor offering and they fell down. But now they're, I think with 2020, uh, the number I have is they've $17.3 billion planned for new content, which is crazy that's three billion more than 2019 but in comparison to disney um disney are only spending one billion on yeah. new content now i know they've well, they're just of their own snow white the seven yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. yeah um and it's it goes alongside what we're seeing in terms of awards ne that netflix has 24 oscar nominations this year mm. which is the highest of any studio or distributor so i think you know they're starting to to maybe see that that the way they compete isn't just the the bank of offerings. It's that you're you're churning out really good content and maybe you're getting people to you rather than the cinema. Maybe you're getting new users in with different content. But certainly they're seeing quality as a way to kind of fight off the the other competitors. Try us for free by registering for a basic plan on learnsignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams. So kind of we had a question that actually caught my eye on, on our chat um, during the week that I wanted to ask you. So um, coming up to this time of the exams, there's lots of providers and the ACCA themselves are all offering different types of webinars and expert advice and stuff. And, and this student had noticed that we were doing our webinar week um, all next week. And there were, I think there sometimes when you get too many options, you can get a bit confused. Do you need to attend them all? Do you need to pick one or two? Um, I think we do a nice job. So maybe you could explain to, to our listeners kind of what our webinar webinar week does and what it, what it achieves for their exams. Yeah, so as you said, webinar week starts from Monday and that's running all next week. But, you know, it's not a week that everyone has to attend every webinar. What we do during webinar week is we have a subject-specific webinar for each course. Um, and, you know, that's that's with one of our tutors um, who's, you know, expert knowledge of that course. But it's all designed to to kind of take you through everything you need from four weeks out of your exam uh, with regard to that course. So, you know, sometimes other webinars are very just focused on question practice or one thing. These are looking, you know, not just about what you need to build into your study, not just about your exam technique, but what you can actually be doing on our site, things like Revision Bootcamp, what resources you need to be engaging with. Um, but also we, I think, probably more than any other webinars I've, I've seen done, we just dedicate a huge amount of time to student questions. So anyone who is coming on to those, they can post their questions in, whether it's, you know, what should I be doing now? What am I doing wrong in exams? Why am I falling away? The webinars are a real focus on, you know, what to do study-wise building up, what to do um, to improve your exam technique and what to do when you actually get into the exam. So really as a, as a standalone for each subject, I think it's it's giving students a really good plan of attack and base for everything they need to be doing for the next couple of weeks. 
I'm glad we told us choosing to choose our ones then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely choose our ones. Um, so we're going to finish up there for today. As I said, webinar week will be starting next week. So do keep an eye out for the emails, which will let you know all the times that they'll be running live um, and recordings are available to all LearnSignal students. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week. All the best.